Hello and welcome to the Bundesliga show, the review show, obviously our regular Monday night show. Yeah, obviously the Bundesliga 2021-22 season. So yeah, as you can see, I'm on my own tonight. Yeah, I think Rory's um, yeah 30th birthday celebration went a little bit too far maybe. And, you know, he's ended up getting a bit of a bad, bad head, a bit of uh, food poisoning and stuff like that. So I hope if you're watching Rory that you're feeling a little bit better today but yeah I'm going to take it alone today and yeah let's just see how it goes really you know so yeah any of you guys watching today would be really really appreciated if you could help me out and send in some comments as well that'd be great you know because obviously we want to keep obviously with it just being me tonight it'd be perfect if you guys could kind of send in some questions and help me out with that as well I think I know a few of the guys from over the bar have promise to help me out so yeah i'm waiting for your questions as well today okay so yeah obviously we are doing the bundesliga show in partnership with uh bundesliga boxes today so yeah check them out they're a, they're a brilliant company that kind of do all bundesliga related boxes you can get some nice shirts for example mine today my uh, tasmania berlin the worst team in bundesliga history shirt yeah so Nice little uh, home jersey of theirs today. I think we've also got one from Darmstadt, from Paderborn, yeah, just about everything. Yeah, and you can also get your scarves as well. Get your, uh, we, me and Rory both have a DFB uh, German national scarf too. So yeah, check out Bundesliga boxes. The the guy who does them is brilliant. The, the company's growing more and more. So we're really happy to have our partnership with them for this season. Okay, yeah, so without further ado, let's make a start on the uh, results from week 21. So it's been another brilliant week. We, we promised it was going to be a great week of Bundesliga action, this one, and it, it absolutely didn't disappoint, that's for sure. So let's have a look at the scores on the doors, as you can see at the bottom of your screen. So Hertha Berlin drew one all with Bochum on Friday night. And moving on to the Saturday afternoon games, Frankfurt got a really entertaining 3-2 win away in, yeah, beleaguered Stuttgart, whatever way you want to put it, but they're not doing very well at the moment, that's for sure. Really not looking good for them as they slip down to 17th and they're now four points adrift of uh, 16th as well. So things are looking a little bit tough for them at the minute. Mainz got a really good 2-0 win over, you know, slightly faltering Hoffenheim who are not doing as well in the Runder so far. Uh, Augsburg getting a really, really good win over Union Berlin. Obviously, Union didn't have the best transfer window, did they? Obviously, using Max Kruser and Friedrich at the back, who went to Gladbach. So, yeah, I mean, difficult result for them. Uh, yeah, Bielefeld make it six unbeaten now, getting a really good one-all draw against Gladbach. You know, that's the kind of game that they might have thought they could have won this one, but yeah, it wasn't to be, but it's still another good draw now. Three wins and three draws in the last six games. FC Köln, I think I tipped this one. A lot of people were going for Freiburg to get the job done in this one. But yeah, Köln getting the 1-0 win over Freiburg. Obviously, uh, Baumgart wasn't uh, present for the game, but still a really, really impressive win for the home side. Then we had uh, the first of two kind of super like mega games, really. 
Bayern Munich beating Leipzig 3-2 at home on the Saturday evening. And then on the Sunday afternoon, we had a brilliant game. I think I told just about everyone that I know, to be honest, to back over six and over seven, over five and over six goals in this game. And yeah, surely enough, a lot of people won a lot of money from this one, you know, because it did end up Dortmund 2, Leverkusen 5. I think I tipped 4-3 to the home side, but it doesn't matter really who scores the goals because we just knew there were going to be goals in this one, that's for sure. Then, yeah, Wolfsburg, I didn't think I was going to be saying it again this season, to be honest with you, but yeah, with a really, really good 4-1 win at home against Greuther Furt. I mean, what a result that was. Uh, Jonas Vinn started that game, the big money signing from, obviously, um, from Copenhagen, and then, yeah, obviously they did lose Wout Weghorst to Burnley, the first game without Wout Weghorst, but that man, Max Kruger, also started in this one, and, you know, the, the new signings came good, and they got the 4-1 win over what was at the time, it was a 16th versus 18th place game, but now Wolfsburg, with that win, have gone back up to 12th position. So, yeah, that recaps the games for, um, well, that recaps the results for week 21. So let's move on to now, obviously, the, the one of the main parts of our show, OTB's Featured Four. So, yeah, this is where me and Rory choose the best four games of the weekend. It's usually difficult, and, and it was again this weekend because there were tons of classic encounters this weekend. But, yeah, let, let's uh, have a look at what we went for as, as game number four. So... Yeah, we went for Augsburg 2, Union Berlin 0. I mean, I don't think anyone really predicted a win for Augsburg in this one. I mean, we all knew that Union were a little bit depleted after losing um, Max Kruser to Wolfsburg and Marvin Friedrich to uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach a little bit earlier in the window, that one. But they did have the returning Awoni, who came back from, obviously, Nigeria's disappointing uh, African Cup of Nations, where they lost in the last 16. But yeah, I mean, as for the game itself, it was really the first goal for Augsburg was a bit of a disaster for goalkeeper Luther of Union Berlin. He just, under not that much pressure, really, he just puts like a ridiculous ball out into the middle of the park, really, where it's like a mixture of Hahn uh, of uh, Augsburg and the defender. I think it was Gieselmann of Union Berlin. And they kind of make a mess, mess up of it both, really. But it, the ball ends up in the feet of the big... Augsburg centre forward uh, Gregorich, the Austrian international, who just comfortably side footed home really for 1 0. And Union, they don't give many cheap goals like that up, do they? But they did in this game. It was a bit of a nightmare for them. Then, yeah, it continued really with more Augsburg pressure. That man, Gregorich, cracked a brilliant effort from about 30 yards, smash onto the bar. It was a really, really unlucky one, really. It deserved a goal, to be honest, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, so it ended uh, one all. Uh, sorry, one nil as the the half went into half time, and then yeah, it continued more outdoor pressure. I think uh, Gieselman had a header just wide for the um, for the away side Union Berlin, but it, it just didn't really get any better for the um, the away side. They, did, they didn't turn up for this game. They didn't put in the best form, and it was that man Andre Hahn who did have a good game, by the way. Doesn't always turn up for these kind of matches, but yeah, he did in this one. And just before the hour, he rasped an absolutely brilliant effort, long beyond the touch of uh, Luter for 2-0 to the home side. Then, yeah, I mean, Union tried to make a few subs. You know, I think they brought on Geraldo Becker and the like, but it just didn't work out for them. 
and it was just a poor performance all in all really for the the away side um yeah very very disappointing for them it's um they've got obviously a lot of work to do they did bring sven Mikel on as well the big well i say the big money signing the 2.5 million euro signing from uh paderborn who has been signed to replace max cruiser didn't really make much of an impact after coming off the bench but yeah, great result for Augsburg and Marcus uh, Weinzel's men. That we always say, don't we, that they they're good at picking up results when they need it, and they did it again today. You know, you, you just get the feeling that Augsburg might just have enough to stay up really this season. To be honest, it's uh, the home form has been very good. They had twelve thousand fans back in the stadium again, and you know the the Bavarians they really like to get behind the teams, and I think Augsburg fans are underrated really, and they really got behind the team and you know it was a very very good performance and a well-deserved win for Augsburg probably could have been even more comfortable to be honest with you this one yeah great to see we've got a lot of uh fans as well yeah Paul McGarrity says evening Mark as well hi Paul yeah hope you're doing well over there in Manchester yeah we've got Gary Jones as well yeah hi Mark flying solo yeah I am indeed yeah let's see how it goes tonight yeah, let's go over to the first question of the night as well from Paul McGarrigy. Do you think Bielefeld will see the one-all draw at home to Gladbach as two crucial points dropped? They're in a winning position against an underperforming side and have a tough run ahead. Yeah, I was going to mention this one actually, Paul, yeah, because I would totally say yes. Obviously, they took the lead very early on. They were dominating the game as well. And <laughs> yeah, it was getting pretty tough for uh, Gladbach. But, you know, Gladbach have got better players than Bielefeld, ultimately. And obviously, they did lose Zakaria to Juventus, the, the kind of main midfielder in the transfer window. But I still think it's an OK point, simply because of how well they've been doing, really, the uh, the home side. I mean, there's six games unbeaten now. They've had wins at Frankfurt and Leipzig. They're a great side, really. Uh, and I think they'll comfortably stay up, to be honest, that's for sure. They do have a tough run ahead, but I think they've got enough quality in there to keep getting results, to be honest with you, Paul. I just think they're, they're a good side. They've got decent players. And obviously, they, they've got that man, Patrick Vimmer, who's just been brilliant, really, this season. And he had another good game against Gladbach. So, yeah, let's... Oh, Rory. <laughs> yeah, Rory is a little bit sick. Yeah, he says, evening, Mark. Gutted to be on my sick bed this week, and I'm sure you'll smash it, yeah. Well, I hope you're enjoying the show on your sick bed there, Rory, and we look forward to seeing you back, obviously, on Thursday, I hope, yeah. So, yeah, another comment about the game as well, uh, Paul. Yeah, just when it looked as though they were about to get some distance from the relegation zone, makes the game against Augsburg in a few weeks even more crucial, yeah. But uh, yeah, I would agree. I, I presume, I'm not sure who you're talking about there, Paul. Actually. I, whether you're talking about uh, Bielefeld, I would imagine, yeah. But I think they're a better side than a lot of the teams down there, to be honest. They've got quality within the ranks, and I just think uh, they've got too much quality to go down, in my opinion. But yeah, anyone who disagrees, please write in and let me know on that as well. Yeah, oh, Gary Jones, Stuttgart are so bad, they're definitely going down. Yeah. Oh, Rory's not going to be happy about that one, I don't think. But yeah, where do you start with explaining how bad they've been? Yeah, well, I think obviously at the start of the season, it was injuries, basically. They just had a team depleted with injuries. They had the likes of Kalajic was injured for the first six months of the season. Silas, who was so good as well, he was injured for months and months. I think eight, nine months, actually, he was injured. 
Yeah, I think um, they had other players injured too. Mavropa Mavropanos, the key uh, centre-back, was injured for a while. Even though he's been good when he's played, they haven't been able to get him out on the pitch often enough. So, yeah, it's been a really poor season. And then since the break, they have actually had pretty much a full complement of players. But obviously, the players are negative, they're depressed, they're not playing well. You know, and it's um, we'll just have to see what they're going to do for the last 13, 14 games of the season. Yeah, Dave Pearson as well. We've got a full, <laughs> we've got a full complement of over the bar guys in uh, tonight. Yeah, what do you make of my beloved curl this season? My beloved curl they're having. Yeah, I mean it's been brilliant, hasn't it? You know, I'm not sure that I'd say they're really your beloved though, Dave. Let's be honest. I think uh, <laughs> you've got a few more years of supporting them to say they're your beloved club yet. But yeah, I think um, yeah they've been absolutely brilliant so far this season. Stefan Baumgart, he's been the you know, the absolute star of the show in the Bundesliga this year. He's been brilliant. The, the new manager, obviously, coming into the Bundesliga this season. They've had so many good performers. I mean, obviously, Anthony Modest is probably the key man uh, in terms of the goals. But obviously, Jonas Hector is a quality player. They've got Defensively, they've been a lot more solid. Florian Kainz has been absolutely brilliant this season from the very first game. You know, they, I, I can... Honestly, see them qualifying for Europe this season. I think they've been that good, to be honest. Yeah, in, in reply to, yeah, we've also got a comment in from Rory as well. It's been a nightmare of the season. Not sure uh, what's gone wrong apart from the obvious injuries. Yeah, that's what we mentioned. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Pellegrino Matarazzo is really, really popular with the Stuttgart fans. But you've got a question like how much longer he's going to be given really at the minute because... You know, the four points adrift now of that 16th spot and they're just going further and further behind. I think all the other teams in the league look good enough to pick up points and it's just, it's not looking good for the, the Stuttgarters, the Baden-Württembergers at the minute, that's for sure. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, nice comment from Dave as well. For a bit of right, uh, light relief, most Brits would say the best thing to come out of Germany is Aldi. <laughs> Do you agree? And what is the German perception of Aldi? Yeah, it's a good question, actually, Dave, that one. I would say yeah, it's, it's not got the best reputation in Germany, to be honest with you. You know, it's one of the two big uh, discount supermarkets, along with um, with Lidl as well, of course, which you have uh, better known as Lidl in the UK, which you also have over there. Yeah, I think there are better supermarkets over here. If any of you guys want to come to Germany, you've got... Um, Raver is a lot better. Actually, the Raver, I think, are the sponsors of Cologne as well, Dave. So, yeah, you've got to check out Raver when hopefully you come over here to Germany at some point. Yeah. Um, who else have we got? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, we, we've also got uh, Andrelina as well. Yeah. Evening, Mark. Yeah. Thanks for the comment as well. All the way over from Brazil, too. Yeah. So, yeah, good to see you in here, too. Yeah, I'll come back to some of the other questions a little bit later because I want to obviously focus on going through the feature four. But thanks a lot for the, the questions, by the way. It's fantastic. Yeah, so game number three, we're going to talk about that team, Stuttgart versus Frankfurt. I mean, this was a really a classic Bundesliga game, really, wasn't it? I mean, two sides who, you know, probably haven't had the best seasons, including Frank. I'd include Frankfurt in that as well because... They had a great end to the first half of the season, but a terrible start to the rug runder before this game. They'd only taken one point from three games uh, in the first three matches of the rug runder. But yeah, obviously they did manage to get the W in this game with a 3-2 win in Stuttgart. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, sorry to keep mentioning Stuttgart's failures, but it's just one one problem after the other for them at the minute. And it started off with that man Endicca uh, finding the back of the net from a corner. He seems to get a lot of goals, doesn't he, the, the centre-half? I think that's four or five league goals he's found so far this season. But again, it's absolutely appalling defending from Stuttgart, really straight from the corner. I mean, Frankfurt continued to dominate the match as well, really, for the first half. Um, I think Lindstrom, he's such a good player, Lindstrom, but he doesn't get the goals. That's the problem with him, really. I mean, he's missed a lot of chances in the rook runder so far, and he missed another, which would have put them 2-0 up um, relatively early on in the game, really. And that would have made it very difficult for Stuttgart to come back into it. But then, just before half-time, I mean, Stuttgart haven't done much at all, really, in the game. But, like, that man, Borna Souza, the brilliant set-piece uh, deliverer, puts in another good ball. And it kind of hits Valdemar Anton, the centre-half for Stuttgart. And it just finds a way into the back of the net, really. I don't think Anton really knew that much about what was going on, in truth. And it was a, a lucky goal, that's for sure, the equaliser for, Stutt for Stuttgart. But they, they end up going in one all in a half where they've not really done very much in truth. But then, yeah, I, the, the key moment is in the second half. And I mean, the, the substitution of Aydin Hrustic, who has actually played a lot of games in this season so far, but he, he didn't start this particular match. Yeah, he ends up absolutely, the corner is cleared right at the very start of the second half. And he wraps in an absolutely brilliant effort as well. Yeah, absolutely brilliant strike on the half volley into the back of the net for 2-1 to the away side. But then Stuttgart probably had the best kind of period of the match, really, in this one. I thought, finally, after so long, really, that Sosa-Kalajic partnership was starting to work wonders, really. And Kalajic actually went in on goal on about, about 65 minutes and he screwed woefully wide. He looked like a man who was really lacking confidence and he just screwed wide from really well placed, let's be honest. And then just a five, four or five minutes later, Borna Souza swings in an absolutely beautiful ball to the far post. And then basically Kalajic couldn't miss to make it two all. And, you know, you're just thinking it's another one of those games that have got away for Frankfurt. They, they blow a lot of leads, don't they? Let's be honest. I mean, it's one of the problems for Frankfurt, but it, they weren't to be denied in this game. And it was that man, Aydin Rustic, again, with a really, really nice strike again to make it 3-2 um, after 77 minutes. And yeah, that, that gives them the win. I think obviously Stuttgart did uh, harry a lot in the last 10 minutes, but ultimately I think Frankfurt were the better side and did deserve the three points. But yeah, a few other comments coming in as well. Um, yeah. Dave Pearson, is there any young stars, Mark, thinks uh, we should pay close attention to in the second half of the season? game. Yeah, other stars. I mean, you've a lot of uh, Premier League. I've got to look out for Florian Verts. I mean, if you guys haven't don't watch the Bundesliga very much, he is the kind of man to watch nowadays. Verts of Bayer Leverkusen, absolutely brilliant player, and he's been kind of billed as the next Kai Havertz. 
And I fully expect him to move to the probably either La Liga or to uh, the Premier League within the next uh, year or two maximum, really. Possibly even in the summer, he's being linked. Absolutely. Even Jude Bellingham, you know, I mean, for any of you guys who wonder what the hype's about, I mean, didn't have his best game this weekend, but he's been absolutely brilliant for most of this season and one of the the big kind of bright sparks for uh, Borussia Dortmund this season. So, yeah, if you if you guys want to watch the Bundesliga, if you don't watch so often, one of the best things that we always talk about is the number of young stars. There's absolutely no, you know, end to these brilliant young players that you can see in the Bundesliga. So, let's have a look at this. Johnny B, Forest Green Rovers uh, fan. Yeah, what team in the Bundesliga is most like Forest Green Rovers with the ethical stance? Yeah, I will support them. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, to be honest, I don't know that much about Forest Green, to be honest. But from what I know is that they're very much into the green side of things, you know, green energy. I think the, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they wear um, recycled shirts as well, which is quite a, you know, breakthrough really for English clubs. Anyway, to be honest, in Germany, like green green issues are really, really big in general, actually. Like a lot of German people really, really care about the environment and green stuff in general. And I would say in general, German people are pretty ethical in, in the way that they live their lives, you know. Yeah, I remember when I first came to Germany, actually, I was really surprised at the level of recycling here compared to the UK and the other countries that I lived in. You know, here you have to recycle everything and you can even get fines if you don't recycle really closely. So it's definitely something worth doing. I think in regard to which team shares the ethical stance, I would say pretty much every team in Germany has a certain level of ethics. I would say, as I say, it's a very important thing within the the German, the, the society. I would say if you're really looking for like real kind of hardcore ethical clubs, so I would, I would probably be looking at like Union Berlin for example, really. I mean, they're a club that is purely about the fans, purely about like the, the community and things. They don't even have advertising in, in the stadium even now. I think they considered it after COVID because obviously some of the problems that they've had as a result of that, but, you know, they don't have any halftime entertainment. It's only the fans singing songs and whatever. It's, it's a real kind of old school club, Union Berlin, that's for sure. Yeah, and another question as well. Um, yeah, yeah, Mark, are you ever are you going to talk about the team you follow in Germany? Yeah, yeah. I think the reason why I don't talk that much about that is because my team is isn't actually in the Bundesliga. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, so my team is actually FC Nuremberg. Um, yeah, it's based in the city where I live as well. Uh, the, the German pronunciation is Nuremberg, uh, but the, the British is Nuremberg. So you, you probably know um, better. Yeah, they're a team in the, the second league, the Zweiter Bundesliga, one of the biggest clubs in, in Germany, really. Well, at least the, the Nuremberg fans would tell you that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's um, the club hasn't had much success at all in the last 50 years, really, apart from one DFB Pokal in 2007, when they beat Frankfurt in the final, all the Nuremberg fans talk about that match like it was yesterday, literally. And um, yeah, but they, they did get that win in the Pokal, which was massive for the club, massive for the city. But yeah, it's been a long, long time since uh, FC Nuremberg have really kind of been, you know, a strong team. Really, they struggle financially. They don't really have good backers, and they often rely on kind of 
young players or freebies from like Bayern Munich because Munich is really nearby as well to Nuremberg. It's only like an hour on the train, really. So yeah, they, they do have a kind of connection with Bayern, maybe Augsburg as well, which is the other Bavarian um, Bundesliga club. But it's very hard for them to compete. And they actually got smashed 5-0 at home to bottom of the league this weekend as well. So I don't want to dwell too much on my German team this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, John Fleming, we'll answer your question a little bit later as well. What what was your favourite game of the weekend? Uh, because yeah, obviously we're counting down that as well. But yeah, there were a lot of good games this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Yeah. Do the Germans rate the cup as highly as we cherish the FA Cup in England? I ask because it's been an FA Cup weekend. Yeah, I would say that that's a good question, actually, because we want to kind of focus a bit more as well on uh, the DFB Pokal next year. Me and Rory have talked quite a lot about that because we, um, you know, it's a really, really good tournament, actually. And pretty much every team goes hammer and tong to win it as well, actually. It's, um, yeah. This year has been a lot of shocks as well. Like Bayern Munich are already out, Borussia Dortmund are already out, Leverkusen are out. Um, yeah, there's only really Leipzig still in it, the kind of real big hitters over in Germany. So, yeah, it's worth checking out, really. That we could see a shock winner for the Cup this year. There's still four, uh, four second league teams in it as well, which is incredible, really, for the quarterfinals. And I think two of them play each other as well. So it's definitely worth checking out. I think Leipzig are the big favourites this year, but there's still the likes of uh, Freiburg are still batting. Uh, Bochum, obviously having a really good season in their first year back in the Bundesliga. And Union Berlin, too, uh, are still in it. So, yeah, definitely worth checking out the, the German Cup or DFB Pokal, as it's known over here. Yeah, another question coming in today from Steve Timms. Do you think any of the old East German clubs will make it to the top flight anytime soon, like Hansa Rostock or Dynamo Berlin? And is it true they have firms like Millwall? Yeah. I mean, obviously, the East-West divide is still like a big issue in Germany, actually. Yeah, it's um, even now, like a lot of East Germans kind of claim that sometimes there's a discrimination between the West side who kind of in some ways look down on the Eastern people in some ways. They actually call them Aussies, which is quite an interesting point, because obviously we in English, we call Aussies uh, um, Australians, but in Germany, they call Aussies East Germans, literally. It's like a kind of slang name for the East Germans. But yeah, with regard to the football clubs, yeah, I mean, Hansa Rostock is a, a massive club, you know, and quite ironically, they actually played each other this weekend. Uh, Hansa Rostock and Dynamo Dresden, who are like probably the two biggest traditional clubs in the eastern part of Germany. I think Hansa actually won that game 4-5-1. or five, one. So, yeah, their fans are definitely going to be happy. But with regard to whether any of them are going to make it to the top flight, I think it's very unlikely at the minute. I mean, both Hansa and uh, Dynamo are both down towards the bottom of the uh, Sveiter Bundesliga at the minute. I think both of them will just be happy to maintain the status in the... No, the second league and then try to build, you know, more and more in the next few years and make a promotion push. But yeah, obviously we do have two teams from the East uh, part of Germany in the Bundesliga, Union Berlin and uh, RB Leipzig. Yeah, but obviously RB Leipzig is like a very kind of controversial club because, you know, they're not one of the traditional teams. They were only formed, I think, in 2008 or 2009. 
you know. So I mean, they're quite a controversial club. Union Berlin also. That to be honest, in in the East Germany days, they weren't really a big deal. Union Berlin at all, and they spent most of their history in the second league of the um, old East German leagues. So it's kind of strange that they've managed to come so strong nowadays. And I think it's testament to the the way that they're run. And you know the fans and the way they built that club because it's really impressive to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do people in in Germany think Haaland is going to Man City or Real Madrid? Where should I put my money on for the summer? <laughs> yeah. Actually, a lot of people are talking about Real Madrid. You know, I'll be honest. A lot of people seem to think that Real Madrid is going to be the likely destination, but I, I always thought he'd end up in the Premier League. To be honest, because I, I thought Man City is like his dad. Obviously, played for Man City. I mean, Leeds fans would like to think he'd join Leeds because the guy was born in Leeds, which a lot of people forget as well. I mean, he's a fluent English speaker. He'd probably fit in perfectly in England, I would imagine. But I mean, Real Madrid seem to be, you know, they seem to be targeting him as the main man. And not surprisingly, really. I mean, obviously, there's rumours that they want to sign both Mbappe and uh, Haaland too. So we'll have to see whether they can afford it because, you know, a lot of these big Spanish clubs have really, really struggled financially in the last two or three years. So if I had to put my money down, I would say Man City. I think he'll go to City. And uh, yeah, I think basically Real will just have to make do with Mbappe. I think it's more likely that they'll get him. Um, yeah. So let, let's continue. Yeah. So obviously we, we have to move on to our um, German um, the alphabet as well, don't we? So this week is actually D and it's going to be DFL Deutsches Fußball Liga, which is actually the governing body who organizes the Bundesliga. So, I mean, obviously in Germany, they like these kind of like three letter um like abbreviations, you know, I mean, a lot of people know the DFB, which means the Deutsches Fußballbund, literally means like the kind of like the, basically the German version of the FA, but the DFL is actually the kind of governing body that runs uh, the Bundesliga. So yeah, quite an interesting one. Deutsches literally means German. I mean, I think most people know Deutschland is the German way of saying Germany. Fußball is like, yeah, literally means football in um, German. And then Liga, I think quite obviously means league. So it literally means the German football league, basically. And that is the governing body who organises the Bundesliga. And also, all, I think they organise down to the Dry Liga, actually, in Germany, which is the, the top flight isn't separate like in, in England, where obviously they have the Premier League and then the Football League. In Germany, it's just the Deutsches Fußball Liga, which is like the top three leagues. And then after the top three leagues in Germany, you already go down to the um, down to the the local leagues. Actually, after that, called the Kreisliga and the Regionalliga. So, yeah, they, they only actually have three national leagues in Germany, whereas in England, it's obviously I think it's five national leagues they have in England, isn't it? Down right down to the national league. So, yeah, there you go. There's your alphabet for the week. D, the DFL, the Deutsches Fußball Liga. So, what else have we got? So, yeah, uh, Mateo Castillo, yeah, our Spanish viewer, says, Haaland must come to Spain, but please not Barca or Madrid. Please come to Betis. Yeah, I mean... 
Let, let's see. I mean, obviously, Betis having a great season over in La Liga this year as well. I think the third. I mean, Mateo or Paul, I know you guys uh, follow you know, the Spanish game a lot. Like, you can correct me on that one, but I'm pretty sure they're doing really well under... And I think they've still got Pellegrini as the coach, actually. I mean, obviously, Man City and Villarreal legend as well, Pellegrini. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe Real Betis could be the, the place to put the money down for Haaland's next destination. Yeah, Gary Jones as well says, will Nuremberg get promoted anytime soon, do you think? Will you get to many games and will you do some filming of what the ground's like so we can see the atmosphere? Yeah. Well, yeah, to answer your first question, no, I don't think so, unfortunately. I mean, everyone in Nuremberg wants it to We all want to see uh, Bundesliga football. Yeah, but it's. I just don't think it's likely at the minute. I mean, I was lucky enough, the first year I came to Nuremberg, actually, I was able to see uh, Bundesliga football because uh, Nuremberg were in the Bundesliga at that time. But they finished 17th and have been basically nowhere near promotion ever since, really. This season started well, but it's kind of fallen off the last uh, few weeks, really. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, will I get to many games? Yeah, I mean, I do go to games, but unfortunately, here in Bavaria, we have these kind of crazy restrictions, really. Even now, I think only this weekend, actually, for the first time, 10,000 fans could go back into the Max Morlock Stadium. But obviously, with only 10,000, tickets are like gold dust, so... Most of them end up in the pockets of the ultras or the members and things like that. So, unfortunately, I've only been to one game this season, actually. And even that was um, capped at, I think, 20,000 as well. So, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get down to some games. And I do plan on doing some filming as well. And I also want to do some ground hopping in Germany, too. So, when, like, you're allowed full grounds again, I want to get over to Stuttgart you know, Hoffenheim's nearby, maybe even catch a Bayern Munich or an 1860 Munich game in the Allianz Arena. So, yeah, that's definitely something I'm looking to do in the next, um, you know, few months or even years, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people saying that they want Nuremberg to get promoted. It would be absolutely class, to be honest, that's for sure. Yeah. Another good question as well from Paul. They uh, just on following on from Steve Tim's question: Do Hansa Rostock and the big clubs from the old DDR Oberliga still have a large following? Yeah, the answer is yes, really. Yeah, I mean, Dynamo Dresden are known to have some of the craziest fans in the whole of Germany. I mean, they're definitely you know they're not for everyone. Dynamo Dresden, that's for sure. Obviously, they do have very close ties to uh, the right of the political spectrum. But one thing for sure, it's a spectacular game when you watch uh, uh, the Dynamo Dresden fans. I mean, they really, really get behind the team. They're almost like a cult club as well, I would say, Dynamo Dresden. But, you know, they're not the most liked club in Germany, that's for sure, you know, because obviously, yeah, a lot of people consider them to be, um, you know, not in the, on the right mentality and things like that obviously sometimes they get in trouble a little bit as well with uh hooliganism and the likes hansa rostock yeah i would say they're the second biggest club in the old from the old uh oberliga i mean they also get good crowds of at least 15 to twenty thousand. i would say in the despite of bundesliga which is a solid number you've got to remember as well like the old ddr is like the, probably not the most economically privileged part of germany as well so I think like it's probably harder for people to get to games than it is, for example, in Bavaria, Baden-Württemberg or Hessen, I would say. But yeah, they definitely do have fans. They, they have a big appetite for the game in, in that part of the, the country as well. 
Okay, so yeah, let, let's uh, let's come back to the questions a little bit later now and move on to the two big games of the weekend. So yeah, this week's all over the bar featured for game number two is the Bayern three Leipzig two. I mean, what a game this was! You know, a lot of people were predicting it would be a little bit more low scoring this time, but it proved to be anything but the point. I mean, obviously Thomas Muller started got the ball rolling. Not the best goalkeeping, really, from Gulazzi to kind of parry out the shot. I think it was from Tuliso, parried out uh, right into the bath of Thomas Muller, who just easily finished into the empty net. That was 1-0. But yeah, Leipzig were playing really, really well. Danny Olmo, the returning Danny Olmo, obviously he's missed a lot of this season through injury. He missed two great chances, which would have made it one all. Really, really good chances. Quite early on in the match as well well and Pfizer it was um Conrad Lima kind of chipped the goalkeeper it was a strange situation really he chipped the goalkeeper and then Andre Silva was literally waiting right on the line from a very tight angle and somehow he just managed to squeeze it over it was quite a good finish really I would say that was one all then obviously Thomas Muller got a second goal disallowed for a foul on Josep Guardiola it was actually Lewandowski who fouled the Leipzig defender, which led to a VAR disallowed goal for Bayern. So it was one all, but it wasn't to be uh, denied. Obviously, that man Kingsley Comor swinging in a brilliant crossing for that man Lewandowski. You know, who got his customary goal. Doesn't go. You know, he scores pretty much every game, doesn't he? So that was for two one. But yeah, again, Leipzig came back. You know, they have improved a lot under Daniel Tedesco, the new coach, since uh, Jesse Marsh was sacked. And yeah, once again, Conrad Limer sliding in another really good ball for that man, Nkunku. One of few real bright sparks for Leipzig this season, who finished well for two all. Then obviously, you know, it's it's 50-50 at this point, but it was um, it was FC Bayern Munich who went on to win the game. And, you know, it was one of them, really. It was a bit disappointing from that man, Fadiol, who didn't have his best game, to be honest, in the Leipzig defence. It was a good little ball in from uh, Gnabry and it was definitely going towards Lewandowski in the, the six-yard area. But, I mean, Gvardiol just kind of gets a big foot on it when he's got to do a little bit better for me, really. And he just kind of loops over the goalkeeper and into the back of the net and it's 3-2 to Bayern. But, but even then, I mean, Leipzig could still have got a point. There was still half an hour to go at that point. And, I mean, I think it was uh, Forsberg had two really, really good chances as well but just couldn't beat uh, Neuer, who had a good game overall, really, you would say. With about five minutes to go, Forsberg, he, he hit the first shot straight at Neuer, who kind of spilled it. And then the second shot was probably the better chance of the two. But, you know, it wasn't to be for Leipzig. But it, it was a good performance, a kind of positive performance from Leipzig to get so close to Bayern after the season they've had. But ultimately, it, it ends up in a defeat. And, you know, they're, they're still just outside those Champions League places at the minute, Leipzig. But I do believe if they carry on playing the way they've done the last uh, six or seven weeks, and I think they probably will end up getting into that Champions League uh, reckoning because, you know, they, they've got quality players all over the park. The likes of Andre Silva's started scoring, which is massive. You know, Nkunku's still playing well. Almost back now. and I mean, he's a huge player for them. Conrad Lima was brilliant in this match as well. Still problems defensively. And, I mean, Gulazzi didn't have his best game in this match, that's for sure. 
you know, Gvardiol hasn't really covered himself in that much glory since he signed uh, from Dinamo Zagreb in the summer. But yeah, I think overall, good performance from Leipzig. But, you know, Bayern probably just about deserved to win the game, really. And another good performance in a big match from them. Thomas Muller was brilliant. Lewandowski was class. Gnabry, obviously, big talk that he could leave in the summer as well because Bayern Munich, he wants too much money, basically. That's what the German press is saying. He wants too much money and that Bayern aren't willing to break the bank for a player of Gnabry's uh, calibre, which, you know, some people might be a bit shocked about. But, you know, Bayern do have very strict uh, principles when it comes to giving contracts out and they don't want to break the bank just for one player. Yeah, good win for them. And yeah, obviously, as a result of the next game we're going to cover now, which was Dortmund 2, Leverkusen 5, Bayern are now nine points clear at the top again with a much superior goal difference to second place Dortmund. And it doesn't look good for the um, the Nordrhein-Westfalen side. But yeah, I mean, what a game this was. I mean, it doesn't really surprise anyone that this game ended up 5-2, does it really? Let's be honest, considering that the last two games, the last two meetings between these sides have both ended up 4-3 as well. One of them to Leverkusen and one of them to Dortmund earlier in the season. But yeah, I mean, what a performance this was for Leverkusen. That that man, Geraldo Soane, the new Leverkusen coach, has really proven himself to be pretty good at the minute. Obviously, quite comfortably in third place in the, the league now, Leverkusen. I think everyone expected that their target would be Champions League to get back into those top four positions for the first time in three or four seasons now, you know, and they look well on course to do it at the minute because... They've got quality players all over the park. This was just a brilliant performance, really, you know. You have to say, though, the first goal was just a comedy cut, basically, from the Dortmund defence. Just not good enough at all, in all honesty. I mean, obviously, Mats Hummels was missing. Obviously, Haaland also. We've got to mention that he was also missing in this game. But the first goal was just a complete and utter joke, really, from the Dortmund defence. Zagadou, who replaced... Um, he replaced Hummels, just literally just booted the ball clear from inside his own box. It ends up, uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was Frimpong's feet actually, and then Frimpong just hits a shot. It's saved by Colbell, and then literally a Kanji just clumsily bundles the ball into the back of his own net. I mean, terrible defending from both uh, a Kanji and Zagadou really for that opening goal. Then just a few minutes later, it's the free kick coming in from Brand from the right-hand side, well whipped in. And, you know, the, the, the Leverkusen defence, not the best really, are they? Let's be honest, certainly not as good as the Leverkusen attack. They, they make a bit of a mess of it and it goes, it's kind of headed by Frimpong onto the hand of Patrick Schick and it goes into the back of the net. So within 15 minutes, we've already had two own goals in this game. So... <laughs> You know, not, not the best start defensively, that's for sure. But, you know, the third goal in this match really showed the quality of the the, the wayside Leverkusen. Brilliant, brilliant football. Diaby's involved. Ends up in the the feet of uh, Florian Wirtz, who just like really, really well kind of chips the ball over Colbell in the Dortmund net. It's a brilliant goal from Wirtz. I mentioned it before that he's one of the kind of big guys to watch nowadays in the Bundesliga. But this was great counter-attacking football for this goal that we just love to see from Bayer Leverkusen. Then then eight minutes later, you know, we end up seeing the, th the fourth goal in this match. And it's that man, Andrich, another player that came from um, 
obviously from Union Berlin, but he he came in the summer. He bent a really, really nice free kick past the uh, home goalkeeper. And they're already 3-1 up inside uh, half an hour, basically, in this one. The, the game doesn't get any better for the home side in the second half. Jonathan Tarr takes advantage of more woeful defending from the, uh, the home side. I think it was Akanji just kind of clumsily cleared a corner, like half-heartedly really cleared the corner. And then Jonathan Tarr, I mean, what a finish this was, to be fair, from the centre-half and the German international for Leverkusen. He kind of like half-volleyed the ball into the back of the net, right into the top corner. It was a really good goal, this one. Good finish, anyway, that's for sure. That was 4-1. Then, yeah, it doesn't get any better at all for the, the home side. I mean, Moussa Diaby, after 78 minutes, just puts the game beyond any doubt whatsoever by just kind of chipping the ball over Colbell. The 5-1, the, the Dortmund fans are going crazy. They're, they're not happy at all, but they did have a little bit to cheer at the end when Stefan Tigues kind of back up for Haaland, did manage to tap into an empty net after more poor defending from the away side. But it, it's very little, like pretty much a useless con consolation really in this one for Dortmund because they still ended up losing 5-2. But uh, the, the last two goals were important for the over 5.5 and over 6.5 goal better, that's for sure. I think I made quite a bit from those two late goals, so I was pretty happy about that. But yeah, I mean, Leverkusen, they're getting better at game management, aren't they? I mean, we criticise them a lot about the game management at times in the last uh, few years. But in this game, they just kept going from strength to strength, really. And I think in that period between one all, they gave away a bit of a clumsy equaliser. But when they went 2-1 ahead, there was only one side in it, to be honest. And they completely dominated the game. You know, very, very good performance. Soane is really starting to build something there, I think. They're still in the Europa League as well, you've got to remember. So, I mean, they've got to have a chance of winning that, the way they're playing at the minute. I think the key for them is just keeping their head above water, you know, and don't let one bad result get them down, you know, because what we've seen too often with Leverkusen in the past is that they have one bad result and they just fall apart, basically. And obviously they can't afford to do that. The very minimum goal at the minute has to be fourth place, really, for Leverkusen. Um, yeah, but for me, they can still push for second, really. They, they proved in this game that they're more than good enough to finish above Dortmund. I think, obviously, the championship's out of the reach because of that bad run they had, I think, in October, November time. The 14 points behind Bayern at the top. But, I mean, they've got a great chance of uh, second for me and maybe having a run in the Europa League as well to the semis or even the final, I would say. OK, let, let's head back to some of the questions as well that we've got in. Um yeah. Mark Baker, yeah, said, uh, would also say if you could find uh, any speak English comment, maybe you can have an interview at a local game and get their thoughts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people in Germany that speak uh, pretty good English as well, actually. So, yeah, it's um, definitely something I want to do as well. It's, I think the vlogging is something that's really interesting as well for, from us from our perspective, because obviously we do like to go to games as well. I think Rory and a few of the other over-the-bar guys have talked about coming over to um, yeah, watch some games as well, not just to Nuremberg, but also like all over Germany, really. I mean, it's a, it's a great league. It's a great football culture in this part of the world. So, yeah, it's um, 
definitely something we want to do interview locals and get the pre-match atmosphere you know you can also drink beer at german games as well which is something that obviously hasn't been possible in english matches for many many years so yeah we we want to try that as well yeah um Good. Yeah, Rory also adds, yeah, Leverkusen were also always going to bag goals against Dortmund's defenders. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on that one. I mean, yeah, Dortmund were just so poor defensively in this game, really. I mean, Zagadou has got to look at himself in the mirror after that one. And to be honest, Akanji as well. They were, they were both absolutely pathetic performances, really, from the Dortmund central defence. I mean, I don't think Hummels is the world beater he was a few years ago, you know, but he definitely looked a lot better than them two, that's for sure. And if Dortmund want to kind of continue their push for us, well, you've got to say a title challenge still, really, yeah. And obviously they'll, they'll like be expected to do well in the Europa League. They need to get Hummels back because, I mean, yeah. Yeah, obviously, yeah, Rory also kind of touches on the fact that they did get Sula as well, which is a massive signing, obviously, Sula from, I think it was only announced today. I don't know if it's been officially confirmed that one, but it's definitely a big um, point in the German media at the moment that they've uh, officially announced uh, Sula from Bayern to Dortmund. Yeah, I think everyone expected Sula to end up in the Premier League at Tottenham or Newcastle, but... Yeah, I agree with Rory that it's a really, really good sign in that for the, the Dortmunders going forward. You know, a defender who's more than pulled his way to Bayern as well, and now he's potentially joining uh, the arch rivals, really. So, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that one. Okay. So, yeah, I think that pretty much uh, takes us through. We're not going to focus on, um, yeah, on the talking point this week because obviously it's just myself and we're probably... We, we were going to mention something about uh, the transfer window, but I think it's better that we can leave that until Rory's back next week. Yeah, Dan Green also mentions, yeah, definitely would love to see over the bar lads all together vlogging a game. You should do Germany in League One and League Two, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually hoping to get back over to the UK as well at some point uh, in, in March. Well, but obviously COVID, uh, you know, Hopefully that won't interrupt the, my plans, but yeah, definitely want to get to a game or two then. Yeah, well, anyway, that pretty much, uh, yeah, sums up the, um, that rounds up the show for tonight. Yeah, so let me just go over the last uh, bits. So yeah, remember, if you enjoyed what you saw today, at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra, yeah, otbfootball.net. That's like the kind of centerpiece of our stuff. We do all, all sorts of stuff on there, like written articles about everything football related. And yeah, of course, um, if you want to like, comment and uh, subscribe below. Yeah, because it obviously helps us to build up more following and produce more content for you. So, yeah, thanks for joining tonight. You know, it's been great to see a lot of interaction today. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's been only me, so it's been a little bit difficult at times just for me to do it alone. But, yeah, looking forward to having the usual guests back on Thursday for our um, predictions and fantasy football show ahead of week 22. So, yeah, see you then.